Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Dan Menigan in for Baskin and Phelps, 92.3 The Fan is what you're listening to here. Just to catch up on all the news, of course, Jake gave it to you in the 2020, but if you managed to catch that one, we'll keep you up to date here. Dustin Hopkins is week-to-week with a hamstring injury. Kevin Stavansky has ruled him out for the game on Sunday. Dorian Thompson-Robinson heading to the IR with a hip injury. Uh, he got he ended up getting injured on that play. Corey Bajorquez is day-to-day. So, also news, Riley Patterson, the kicker signed yesterday, kicked for the Lions a little bit earlier in the season. Browns also announced today that Matt Hawk has been signed to the practice squad, a punter. So, they are prepared for their special teams unit to look a little bit different. One of my favorite people to talk to, and when I I wanted to talk to a quarterback. I wanted to talk to somebody who could get me into that mindset of what it takes to be a guy like Joe Flacco and build a chemistry like Amari Cooper. And luckily enough, we have one on the line right now. He is Mike Tomzak, former Browns quarterback. Of course, you can hear him on the In the Dog, uh, or In the Dog Pound Poundcast, uh, Raw and Off-Filter Football Talk with Hanford Dixon, Frank Stams, Eric Metcalf, uh, Leroy Horde. Who else am I missing, Mike? Is that everybody? You can join us anytime, Dan. <laughs> I appreciate that. You'd laugh. I would just sit there and just enjoy it. I, I would sit there and just giggle the whole time and try not to get anything thrown at me. Well, that's what I do. I, you know, once you we start our segment, our first segment, Leroy Horde takes up about fourteen and a half minutes of that. He's got a lot to say. His uh, social media handle, I think, is Big Mouth Leroy, <laughs> something like that. Do it. But no, it's been fun. It's been funny. You know, I've I've committed myself to being a Browns fan for the last 19 months now, and it's been uh, it's been an interesting ride. You know, doing this podcast in the dog pound, raw and unfiltered on the alumnimedia.com platform. So we have fun with it. Uh, obviously, we have a lot to talk about with the Browns, with the uh, ever changing parts. And, you know, Frank Sams breaks it down for us. Eric Metcalf always has great insight. Obviously, the top dog, Hanford Dixon, can bring it. So it's been fun. It's been fun to follow. It's great to see the maturation of this coaching staff as well. You know, Dan, I, I was listening to you earlier, and plug-and-play type of players, you got to be good teachers to get these students to buy in to where they're headed. And it's been really, really nice to see that this coaching staff has matured. Well, one, thanks for listening, Mike. I appreciate that. But the the second part of it, when you hear that from a coach, and you've played for some awesome coaches in your career, but when you hear that and 
Browns fans in this town have heard it for a long time with next man up, and it immediately has looked like the entire team just rolled their eyes and then proceeded to roll over on the field because they just couldn't, you know, keep up anymore. Yeah. It hasn't happened this year. When you talk about how good of teachers they are, what are you looking at as a player that makes you buy in and believe what these coaches are saying? Well, first off, it's trust. You know, you're not going to do anything for somebody unless you trust them. So you got to build a relationship, and I know there's a lot of short-term relationships being dealt with right now, you know, with, with my man Joe. Uh, obviously, you know, there have been guys that are on a depth chart way down. You know, they've known him since spring, you know, camp, since mini camp, since summer camp, and throughout the season. So, you know, some of these young guys and depth guys have had to step up. And, you know, I applaud, you know, a lot of these coaches have spent time behind closed doors. And I think one of the main principles that I've – witness from afar is what Jim Swantz has done and he's really made everyone on that defensive side of the ball accountable and it seems like you know it's not a divide it's not an offense defense this team has really been sewn together since that relationship with the defense you know handling it dominating it reminds me a lot of times of the Pittsburgh Steelers you know when I played there in the mid 90s and Chicago Bears in the mid 80s and you know, it's something, it's a sight to see, especially if you're a quarterback and know the defense has your, your back end. All right, Mike, so I got to ask you, especially you were talking about Joe Flacco and more than anything, the chemistry. I mean, clearly there is an unbelievable chemistry between Joe Flacco and Amari Cooper, and they've done it in a month. How hard is that to believe as someone who's thrown the ball in the NFL? Yeah, yeah I, was, I was anticipating this question. Yeah, I joined the Browns in 1992, and I was on the sofa for – 15 days when Bernie Kozar got hurt against Miami on a Monday night, I got a phone call well, early Wednesday morning from uh, Mike Lombardi saying, Hey, we're interested in bringing you in long story short. I came in, didn't play the first game against the Raiders, but Phil Cox got hurt midway through the third quarter. And I'm in there for the next, you know, 12 games or whatever. So to answer your question, it's not hard. I mean, you know how to throw a comeback, you know how to throw a good go ball. And that's one thing throughout my career. I threw a good vertical pass. I, I, I gave receivers a chance to catch the football, and that's what Flacco's doing. You know, the kid, I hate to use the word gunslinger, but the kid has confidence. Forget about the interception ratio. Receivers are running disciplined routes. The ball is getting there on time, and it's a catchable football. And, you know, has he surprised a lot of people? I'm sure. You know, some people will probably look, you know, give a double take. Joe Flacco, come on. No, seriously, he's uh, he's got a good supporting cast around him that are really performing at a high level right now. So I don't think it's that hard. You know, they were talking about Deshaun Watson when he came back. You know, he hasn't played for – I don't give a crap about it, but he hasn't played for a long time. This is your profession. This is your skill level, why you're chosen to, to play in the National Football League. And it's a privilege to play in the National Football League. And Joe Flacco is a prime example. You know, he really respects the game and plays at a high level. Has has anything Stefanski done scheme wise really stood out to you for what he's doing with Flacco? Because it, I was sitting there, Mike, and it, it made me laugh. And it was maybe because I was watching the Houston Texans while you know they were going yeah. up against them, but I saw those helmets, and I'm like watching this offense. And the entire time, I'm going, "Oh my god!" I'm watching Matt Schaub hit bootleg deep balls to Andre Johnson, and here's Owen Daniels running right up the middle of the field that they're hitting as well, and like. I just had this moment of flashback to like Gary Kubiak standing there on the sidelines and how this offense is together. Are you seeing an evolution in this offense? 
Oh, evolution and confidence. Yeah. And, and, and they're expanding. It's a week to week league, Dan. It really is. And, you know, these coaches get four to five game breakdowns. They come up with a game plan and then they insert things that have worked well or things that they've been working on that kind of simulate what other teams have done against their opponent. For example, this week against the Jets, they're going to look at their defense and just say, hey, here's what we can and can't do. Let's stick with our staple plays. What's our screen game look like? What's our deceptions look like? What are our shot plays look like? You know, any schemes in a running game that we could take advantage. So I think there's more buy-in. When you win games, there's more buy-in, you know, from the staff. You know, it's not a one-dimensional, you know, Stefanski puts the game plan together and he won't listen to Van Pelt or, you know, Callahan or, or Stump, you know, on occasion. I think they're cohesive enough to really, really take this. You know, they, they've been running Wildcat, you know, off and on for the past four weeks. They've inserted, you know, a tight end to run the quarterback sneak at one occasion, I think. And they've had some deceptions that have worked, you know, trick plays and things that are off schedule. But more importantly, Joe Flacco has done enough movement in the pocket on bootlegs and scrambles, light scrambles, to throw off a different platform and make big plays. And that big touchdown pass to Cooper, you know, he was off schedule. He was outside the pocket and he threw a dime. It could have been intercepted if it was, you know, a hair late. But uh, things are pointing up. The arrow's pointing up for the Brownies. Absolutely. Mike Tomzak, former Browns quarterback, joining us on the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Of course, listen to him, Frank Stams, Eric Metcalf, Leroy Horde, Top Dog, Hanford, Dixon, all on the In the Dog Pound podcast. Good stuff always out of those guys sitting there breaking down Browns games and all of that good stuff. So, Mike, the, the Browns as well are down to, what is it, their fourth string or fifth string right tackle and left tackle, however you want to look at it. As a quarterback, What's it like when you're looking at those two guys that go, oh, boy, we're a little far down the depth chart? <laughs> hey, they're your brothers, you know. I mean, you spend time with them, telling you trust them. You know, I, and it's not even a conversation. It's kind of that look. You know, Joe has that look. You know, he just looks at you in the huddle and says, hey, I expect you to do your job. It's not one of those coddling things that say, hey, this is the big time now. you got to protect my ass. No. You, you're here to do a job, and I expect you to do it, and we're not going to, you know, fall back any percentages as far as efficiency. So, and a lot of that has to do with, you know, some of the other veterans in the offensive line too, but ah, darn it, they've been decimated by injuries and uh, key positions on the offensive side, and now they're starting to, you know, get a few on the defensive side. You know, they're going to be out for a couple of weeks, but, um, yeah, it just seems more more polished you know offensive line and Callahan has done a great job plug and play right he's moved guys from guard to center center to guard and moving left tackle to right tackle so you know this is, if this is not a definition of true plug and play I don't know what is <laughs> when you're a quarterback was it like looking on the sidelines and seeing a guy like Dustin Hopkins there oh uh, yeah confident confident right you talking about the kicker yep talking about the kicker yeah yeah, I, I've you know, I like to keep his rear end on the sideline, you know, as much as possible. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, that's a, that's a real right? good point. I mean, yeah, they, they've done a great job in the scoring zone. The Browns have this year as far as touchdowns, and you know, obviously, you know, he's an asset. You know, what they did in the beginning of the year, getting rid of one kid and bringing in another, you know, has really, really helped this ball club out and solidified the unknown, if you will. 
But uh, kickers, I've worked with kickers, you know, throughout my whole career as a holder, and you know, I did take great pride in, in doing that job. But you know, it's a three-man operation. You know, the snapper, the holder, and a kicker, and it's effortless, and it's supposed to be, you know, unselfish until something goes wrong and you really get spotlighted. But uh, let's talk about something more important than a kicker right now. <laughs> let's talk about my man Joe. Let's go. All right. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, cause Joe is getting it done, and I know a lot of people in Cleveland are kind of saying they're, they're praying to their rosary. They're doing their novenas and, you know, they're saying prayers for, for Joe to survive, you know, for the next five weeks, right. To get to that AFC championship, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. He played for the jets last year, by the way. So, you know, this may, might be one of those games where Joe's going to be laser focused and his teammates will be ready to play on Thursday night. Were you that way when you would go up against a former team, you just immediately would go up one more notch. Hell Yeah. How about you, your former employers? You know, they get rid of you because they don't think your skill level is what it's supposed to be or there's better talent. You know, nothing wrong with, you know, putting a chip on your shoulder. Not grudges, but a chip on your shoulder. Say, you know what? I can still play this game, and these guys thought I couldn't, you know, type of mentality. And sure, it becomes personal, but, you know, when you get older in life, it's one of those things that's kind of fleeting. You know, it's still the greatest team sport, so you need support from everyone instead of just one individual saying, hey, I'm geeked up because there's been so much turnover in the National Football League from roster to roster. So wherever your allegiances lie, I guess wherever your uniform you're wearing, that's where your allegiance really lie. And it's and it's amazing when it comes to Flacco now going against the Jets, and you know he's probably taking it personally, the fact that Rodgers went down and he didn't get the phone call or even before Rodgers went down, that they weren't like, no, let's keep this guy here because he can run this offense too. Like, I think that's more personal than anything else. Is it's like, man, I could have I could have taken your team to the playoffs and you chose not to have me, so here I am keeping you out. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's smart enough to realize that not to live in fantasy scenarios, right? I mean, he's played the game for a long time. I'm sure his feelings were hurt a little bit. Maybe not. I don't know him personally. But uh, you got to move on. And the good Lord had a plan for him to come to Cleveland and get them back in the playoffs. And, you know, let's play with house money. Let's go out there and see how uh, how we're going to do these next uh, two weeks to finish the year and see who our opponents are going to be throughout the playoffs. Because no one, and, you know, Dan, everyone thought, you know, two best teams in football were playing last night, with San Francisco and Baltimore. But it's a week-to-week league. You know, teams can go out there and just turn the hot water on and just bust you right in the chops and, come after you real, you know, fiercely and dominate you like you've never seen before. All right, then, Mike, last question for you. Your boy, your guy, Joe, what's the most impressive thing that he has done for this team? Throwing the ball vertical. That's the quickest way to the end zone. That's how you win respect to your offensive lineman by having three, five, four play drives and getting the ball in the end zone. But he's he's brought back some fr- a fresh breath. I mean, he's like a good mouthwash, you know. He gives that cleansing in your mouth that you feel good, that anything you spit out is going to be just wonderful. And guys have produced, you know, guys have stepped up. So I'd say vertical passing and, a you know, a good, a good mouthwash uh, rinse. You're the man, Mike. Thank you, man. And a Merry Christmas to you and the family and a very Happy New Year. Hey, likewise. It's been fun. It's been fun. And, Dan, I wish you a Happy New Year in 2024. And go Browns, go Buckeyes, and go YSU Penguins. Let's do this on a, let's do this on a playoff game. 
Let's do it. Let's do it. Bring it on. All right, Mike. Talk soon, man. See you, dude. He is Mike Tomzak, former Browns quarterback in the Dog Pound podcast, is where you can hear him. Again, Hanford Dixon on that podcast, Frank Stams, Leroy Horde, Eric Medcalf, all of those guys sitting around just talking ball. It's tremendous. It's so cool to listen to them. It's raw and it's unfiltered and it's just killer. So thank you to Mike for joining us. A lot of interesting stuff that he said, and especially about Flacco and the most impressive thing that Mike said that Mike said that boy really stood out to me. Next, Dan Megan for Basket and Phelps, 92 the fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> 9 over 8. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. A very special thanks to Mike Tomzak for hopping on with us. He was outstanding. It was great to talk to him. Such a great knowledge of the game from a guy who has been in a lot of different scenarios, including the Browns for a little bit. He broke down that situation. I have to come in for Bernie Kosar when, when he was called to step in, and especially in the eyes of Joe Flacco and what Joe Flacco has been able to do, and he's psyched for it and over the moon for it. And it, was, it was so funny because we had Mike on, I think it was after the first, I think it was after the Rams game. We had Mike on uh, with Andy and Jeff. And, of course, Dan Manigan in for Baskin and Phelps, 92 through the fan. And Mike was like, hey, this is, this is going to go smoothly. Joe Flacco is a professional quarterback. He has done this more times than he can count. This is going to be fine. It's not going to fall apart. It's not going to be – because I was initially one of the people who were screaming like, oh, my gosh, we're going from a mobile quarterback out of the shotgun and a spread offense to a guy that can move-ish. And really isn't a guy that you want, you know, running quarterback options or option reads and anything like that. Like RPO, sure, but not like read options or anything where you're playing 11 on 11 football. And Mike Tomzak said initially, he's like, don't worry, that's not going to happen. Joe Flacco's not going to be something he isn't. They're not going to call plays. You know, they're going to make this work. They're going to build this together. And so he was over the moon talking about Joe. And I asked him what his, the, his favorite thing about Flacco that he has done so far and what Flacco brings. And this is what Mike had to say. And that's the same thing that it feels like watching it because under PJ Walker and under DTR, they did the best they could. Okay. But let's be real honest. How often did you see the ball go in the air over 10 yards? I mean, I think you could count them on one hand, maybe two. If you're feeling, you know, if, if we really have all of the next gen stats in front of us to know exactly how far the ball traveled, like, DTR, it always felt like there were some kind of training wheels that were on him, and it looked like it was nothing but quick game. 
You know, get the ball out fast. Get the ball out fast. Don't let him make any mistakes. Don't let him stand back there and hold the ball too long and get sacked. Don't, you know, it, it felt like there were training wheels on there. And at one point, it felt like that they moved the training wheels up a little bit. So then that way he could wiggle a little more and still not fall over, but still felt like there were training wheels on that bicycle with DTR. PJ Walker, he's the backup quarterback. He is a guy that is going to have a good career in this league for a long period of time because everybody loves playing with him and everybody swears by him. But we all watch these games. When you have completion percentages below 50%, it's not good. That's not what you want. That's not a great offense that can help supplement a great defense. That's not a top 15 offense. It's a bottom 10 offense that you were running with P.J. Walker at the helm, you're not going to win many games. When your defense plays this great, it gives you a larger margin of error. Don't get me wrong. But the offense still needs to be able to put points on the board. You can't spend your life just relying solely on the defense, getting turnovers and turning them into end zone, or on special teams. Like That's not a formula for success. That's not how you win games. And so Joe Flacco coming in here, and all of a sudden the ball is working its way down the field again. You can't pack the box the way that they once did. You can't completely spread this out and take away all the quick game that you saw a lot of teams doing. And and by quick game, for those of you who don't know, three steps, ball out, a lot of slants, a lot of hitches, a lot of you know, a lot of stick routes, all of that kind of stuff. That's that's what I mean by quick game. Is it's three, one, two, three, ball out on the third step. So for those of you who, you know, never wanted to ask that question. Um, that has still a part of the Browns game, but you've seen more of an evolution to it with Joe Flacco. You've seen the ball work its way down the field. You've seen him be able to make plays out of structure a little bit where he's stepping up in the pocket or stepping out of the pocket or rolling a little bit, but not rolling because he's going to run for 10 yards, rolling with his eyes down the field with the idea that David Njoku might turn his route that direction and we can find a hole in the coverage. And I can hit David Njoku in stride in that intermediate 10 to 15 yard down the field right off the sideline. Or I can hit David Njoku because the entire defense is going one direction to cover for the play action, and I can hit him in stride, and he can go up the field for you know, ten yards before the first person touches them, and then he proceeds to throw them aside. Like you know, you're watching Nelson Muntz in the Simpsons episode where they're all playing football, and Nelson is just throwing kids aside. You know, that's what it looks like with David Ajoku. He's just picking these kids up and moving them. And it was a great point by Mike. It was a very good point, and it's exactly how I feel about Flacco as well. I will go to the phone lines. Joe in Dayton, welcome to the show, man. Hey, I'm going to throw something out there at you. Um, Feel free, man. Sign, sign Flacco and make Watson his backup. Maybe Watson needs to see how a Super Bowl MVP does it. I No, you can't do it. It would be a mutiny. It would be a train wreck inside of that locker room. You, you couldn't have it. And plus, again, with the money and everything else and the way that you've built this, Flacco, or I should say, Watson is your starter in 2024. Just, I hate to say it this way, that is the truth of the matter. Just accept it. Yeah. He's your starter in 2024. But he he could sure could learn from him, though, right? Well, you don't know. We we don't know, Joe. Thank you for the call, man. I appreciate it. I wonder if Deshaun Watson is watching this team and is sitting there going, okay, it was starting to piece together. It was starting to work out. There's nothing that Deshaun Watson is going to tell Joe Flacco that Joe Flacco doesn't already know. There's nothing that Joe Flacco is going to tell Deshaun Watson that Deshaun Watson doesn't already know. 
These guys have been in the league for a long period of time. They've played in multiple offenses. They've seen a lot of different things. Both are excellent. Both throw beautiful deep balls. Both are really good on intermediate routes. The difference is that one of them is more mobile than the other. A lot of quarterback run game. The other difference, and I hope this is what Deshaun Watson picks up. This is the only thing. I hope Deshaun Watson is watching Joe Flacco under center and is going, oh, that's why coach wants me to do that. That may not be where I'm the most comfortable, but it does give the offense a dimension. And I'm not saying that it's because Watson can't. I'm saying it's because that's how Watson has operated from high school to college to pro, was out of the shotgun, surveying the field, calling out the defenses, and not turning his back. Where Joe Flacco is more comfortable turning his back. That's the only thing. And I wonder, and I've got nothing to back this up with, I wonder if Deshaun Watson is watching what Joe Flacco is able to do by turning his back to the defense with those hard play actions and those bootlegs and seeing how open guys are and seeing how much space he has to operate in that naked bootleg and all of those things and going, okay, maybe there's something here we can work with. Maybe I need to go in the offseason to get more comfortable doing that, and maybe Kevin Stefanski can integrate that into the offense. I'm not saying completely get out of shotgun. I'm not, you know, we're not working in extremes here. I'm saying, is that an aspect that possibly Deshaun Watson would be able to succeed with? I hope that's the only thing. But I will scream it from the mountaintops until the end of time. Barring injury, Deshaun Watson is the quarterback of the starting quarterback of the Browns in 2024. Enjoy this ride for what it is. This is a one-year off. It's a one-off. And by the way, for those of you who are going to call and ask, well, what if he wins the Super Bowl? Let's win it, and then we'll worry about it. Okay? Let's have the parade. Let's buy the T-shirts. Let's get the hats. Let's go absolutely berserk with all of our friends, and then we'll worry about it. And I think that's exactly how Andrew Barry would look at it, too, is he would immediately go, hey, guess what? I'm a party, and then we'll worry about it. And then we'll go from there. Jack is in Erie, PA. Jack, how are you, man? I'm good, and to be clear, we're not all uh, Steeler fans here in Erie. So, oh gosh, um, no. no, Erie's awesome. And, I've always had fun in Erie. Yeah, and it's weird because there's way more Tribe fans than the Steeler fans tend to go away when they're not so good. So that's Isn't interesting. It's funny how that's um, that's the way that it goes. Uh, wave it. You know what? Never mind. <laughs> Never no, mind. Jack. I, yeah, yeah. You're gonna say wave the Jolly Roger. Um, but uh, anyway, I wanted to say a couple things. First of all, the DTR injury stinks because I liked the package they used him in. He was valuable on on the the plays that they did use him he had that co- that conversion in the bears game uh on the fourth down he had the conversion so that's that uh in in you know on the two pointer so that stinks but how many times have we been here and we're thinking about draft picks and i just you were just alluding to it we are on a magical mystery tour and i just hope that all the cleveland fans um i know i'm just enjoying it i know they say well happy to be there we got to go the other thing i wanted to say is yeah. Did you know that there is a trophy somewhere in the bowels of their p- facility in Berea called the Great Lakes Classic? There is a <laughs> Browns-Lions trophy. Yes, and I believe it's holding a doorstop. I think it's being used as a doorstop right now somewhere. And that could – so I don't want the Lombardi trophy. If it Browns-Lions <laughs> Super Bowl, they got to award – and I think it's the Edmund Fitzgerald, actually. And, and it's a giant barge. 
and uh, folks should look it up on 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 Google or whatever. It's all it's out there, oh, and that that should be awarded to the winner of the Browns Lions Super Bowl. That would be so funny, Jack. That would that would be really funny. Uh, happy holidays to you and the family. You a very as well. happy new year. That would be so funny if they decided to hand that great, like if the barge was it. it every, I think everybody has seen that trophy. It's it's pretty funny. It's they almost tried to do it like a you know, the same way you have like Paul Bunyan's axe in you know, and all of the different trophy, the keg of nails, all of that stuff in college football for the rivalry games. They tried to do that because the Browns and the Lions played each other so many times in the preseason. That would be really funny if they did that. Just just Roger Goodell holding, handing Kevin Stefanski the Super Bowl trophy, him pushing that aside and pulling out the barge and holding it over his head like Simba. <laughs> it would just be tremendous. 216-474-0092 at the Sportsfeller on Twitter if you so desire. I got a complaint that somebody did something at my house that offended me to my core. And I think you'd be offended too. Dan Manigan in for Basket of Phelps, 93 The Fan. Dan Manigan in for Baskin and Phelps 92 through the fan is where you got it locked in. Earl the Pearl coming up after me. Oh, it's going to be fun. I love listening to Earl. I love talking to Earl. He's good people and he's a smart guy on top of it. I'm sure we'll all walk out of here a little smarter, seeing things a little bit better with Earl at the helm. So excited for that one. I think I'm hopping in for the first hour. We'll see. We'll see. He may throw me out after the first 10 minutes, but we'll see how this goes. So keep it locked in right here. Good time. All right. We've talked a ton of football today. We've done a lot of Browns. We've done a lot of different stuff. Let's, I'm going to hit a couple of things, and then we will end maybe with a quick Browns thought on the tail end of it. But the first thing we've got to hit that was important, I held Christmas Eve at my house. We had about 20 people over, okay? It went well, right? No, no major issues, no hiccups, no fights, nothing like that. Nobody got divorced. Nobody's about to get divorced. There wasn't anything along those lines. It was very calm. But one thing happened that truly ticked me off. MK, I'm bringing you in for this. We had 20 people at the house. I have the thermostat sitting at about 63, 65, somewhere in between there. The lady friend and I like it cold. We're blanket people. You know, just grab your blanket when you come in and life is good. All right? We float about there. We had 20 people in this house. So I put it up to 65 thinking to myself, okay, we got a lot of bodies in here. This is going to be warm. Worked the Browns game, came in, walked in. I'm sweating. What? The hell is going on? This thermostat's 65. I walk up to it. Somebody bumped it to 70. Somebody came into my home and bumped up my thermostat. Should I be offended by this? Because I'm offended. I mean, I think you should be because they're not the one paying the electric bills and somebody else is coming into your home. And right. But also that's like the, the most dad thing you've ever done. Like somebody touched the thermostat. I'm surprised you, you couldn't tell. <laughs> That somebody touched the thermostat before you, like, because, like, all dads have that radar uh-huh. of someone. You feel they, that they temperature touch, change. You're they, like, wait, whoa, 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 what even, the hell's going on here? Even if you're not in the room, you're like, somebody touched the thermostat. But, yeah, that's what, did you ever figure out who did it? No, I still don't know. And that's that's wild that someone feels that entitled to your space that they get to come in and change it to what they want. Bump the thermostat up on me. Did it get really, really hot in your house? Because I feel like with 20 people, it was going to get, especially with how warm it was on Christmas, too. Right. And that was my whole thought is it was, it was, well, this was Christmas Eve. So it was a little on the cooler side and it was the night. But with how warm it was, somebody 
walked into my home. I, I said, I walked in after working the, cause, cause I worked the Browns Radio Network. I walked in after working a post game show and I sat down and I'm like sweating. I'm like, what's happening here? I'm in a hooded sweatshirt and jeans in my own home and I'm sweating. Like, this is ridiculous. I probably would have tried to figure out who done it. Uh, like a murder mystery game, except nobody got murdered. Well, am, I, am I supposed except to? For, except for your heat. Your heat got murdered. Am I supposed to do it like the uh, the toast beforehand when you cut the meat where you're like. Yes. Or it could have been like that episode of The Office. Ladies and gentlemen, before we get any further in our meal today, and, and we will get to Grace shortly before we get there, the ham doesn't get cut until one of you, I'm looking at you. Tell me who touched the thermostat. No, no, you have to come. In, you have to come in uh, like Michael Scott did in that one episode of The Office where they played the murder mystery game, where he goes, "There's been a murder." I never. I don't know if I got to that episode. Uh, the I Office was, never was, did it for it me. It was. It was much later seasons. Okay, it was, I was, it was say. one of the later seasons. But yeah, they they played one of those like murder mystery games in in The Office, and Michael Scott was very, very in character the entire time. <laughs> we'll do it like Clue the next time. All right. I had to get that off my chest. I can't believe somebody was comfortable enough to come into my home and change the thermostat. It still is unbelievable to me. All right. A little bit of guards news that came down as well. We've been ignoring this one. We're going to hit this real fast. We're going to hit a couple different things. We'll hit some calves as well because, again, we've been very, very football heavy. So guards news, guards and Yankees uh, made a trade. Outfielder Esteban Floral from the New York Yankees in exchange for Cody Morris. Uh, Cody Morris heading to the Yankees there. So, Little quick looking at Floral, an interesting guy. He's 25 years old. He found his way into the majors last year and the year before for a couple of games that he played. 19 games in the majors, 17 games in the majors before that one. But the big one is you look at the AAA numbers. The last two years, the guy hit 28 bombs, 284, 380, 565. So that's his average on base and slug. A guy who is a lot different than everybody else they've brought in due to the fact as well, he struck out 144 times at AAA. So the guy is a windmill who draws walks and crushes the ball when he gets a hold of it, which is way different than everybody else. They haven't had a guy like that here and on that organization really since Fran Mill Reyes and before they started messing with Fran Mill Reyes and, you know, well, I shouldn't put it that way. Before Fran Mill Reyes started struggling a little bit more, he was one of those guys who struck out a whole bunch. He would draw a decent amount of walks, but he would crush the ball. So it seems like they know they need to bring power in, which is a really nice thing because that's something we couldn't say about the Guardians for a good period of time as they went through, and especially in the outfield, as they went through getting out, having your entire outfield get out-homered by Aaron Judge every year. So at least now they seem like they're looking and getting different guys in here. Though at 25, this definitely is going to be a flyer for them. And hopefully it's somebody who could come in. I mean, 6-1, you know, could play a little center field, a little right, a little left, some versatility out of them. The other thing, too, some clear speed here, at least in AAA, stole 25 bases in AAA, 20, or 39 bases the year before. Again, AAA. But still, speed translates, plate discipline translates. So – We'll see. Hopefully they've got something there and the Guardians have stumbled into something they can have for the future. All right, that one is done. Cavaliers injury-wise, look, this team, it's kind of like I'm talking about the Browns when it comes to the Cavaliers. It's due to the fact that the Cavs are so banged up. And now not having Sam Merrill a little bit, we'll see what the injury report looks like going into the Dallas game. But hopefully they can get some of these guys back slowly but surely because, of course, the Darius Garland injury has been uh, brutal. The Evan Mobley injury has been brutal, but yet this team, kind of like the Browns, 
they keep finding ways to win. And the next guy ends up stepping up and playing really well. And Craig Porter Jr. finding his way in, starting to find his footing once again. Sam Merrill stepping up, hitting threes. Karis LeVert dealing with a little bit of left knee tendonitis. Before then, they had Karis LeVert playing point guard. He was doing a really nice job playing point, initiating the offense, finding open cutters, finding Jared Allen, all of that kind of stuff. So I'm interested to see what this looks like. Again, they don't play until Wednesday. But it's fascinating from there because I wonder what this stretch does to the trade deadline. They are not moving Donovan Mitchell. Everybody will tell you from top to bottom, at least as of right now, Donovan Mitchell is not on the trade block. So just prepare yourself mentally. He's going to be here as long as they keep succeeding this season. The only way I can see Donovan Mitchell not being on this team is if somehow the bottom was to completely fall out. Okay. I think we swung by and hit everything else that needed to be hit today. Worked out nicely. You know, a couple minutes for each of them. We keep moving along. We keep plugging along. Big news of the day out of Berea, though, for everybody who is just joining us here. Um, Dustin Hopkins is out with a hamstring injury. He is week to week. They have brought in another kicker. They brought him in on they brought in a kicker on Christmas Day. Riley Patterson kicked for the Lions a little bit this year, started missing a couple of extra points. The Lions moved on from him. Again, kickers are used cars. The minute they start making noise and costing you more money than a car payment, you get rid of them. Go get the next one. And so that's what the Lions ended up doing. He now finds his way to Cleveland. Kevin Stefanski announces today that, hey, Patterson, down at the stadium, getting used to kicking down there. So at least they understand it's a little bit of a different animal to start kicking in downtown Cleveland and kicking at Cleveland Brown Stadium than it is kicking in Berea. So Hopkins will be around. He is week to week with the hamstring injury. That took place, of course, when he tried to tackle um, on the kickoff return for a touchdown. So the other one, too, DTR with the hip injury is heading to the IR. Of course, they had that package that was put in place with the mobile quarterback. Almost everybody goes and does the Wildcat thing. That was Tony Sperano's. I, I've always thought it was funny how Wildcat has now found its way into all of our lexicon when it comes to football, when anybody else besides a quarterback hikes a football and takes it in their hands from a center. You know, it's an easy way to reference these things, but you get the general idea. Like, it always made me laugh how that ended up catching on. But that package will be out there. PJ, he's done for the year. PJ Walker will be the backup quarterback. I wonder if we still see some of that stuff around fourth down, third down, short yardage. You see the backup quarterback come in for Joe Flacco and get somebody in here who is a little bit more mobile. I think that is going to be the case. We will see where it goes for there. Day-to-day on Corey Bajorquez, they are not sure yet. They brought in a... Uh, They brought in a punter today as well, so he is finding his way onto the practice squad. We will see what that looks like and keep you up to date on anything, of course, on your home of the Browns, 92-3, the fan Matt Hawk coming in as the punter to the practice squad. So we'll see where this goes from here. This is the only day that they're addressing the media out of Berea. They will will be off tomorrow, same thing, and will play on Thursday night. But let's say give me your home of the Browns, 92-3, the fan. So, a ton of news coming down today for Earl the Pearl to also react off of. But before then, before Thursday Night Football kicks off against New York, be a part of the Bud Light Tailgate Show. Nick Wilson will quarterback our coverage starting at 2. Daryl Ryder will update all the latest news from the Cleveland Browns Stadium. And Spencer German will take over the reins at 7 before the final regular season home game of 2023. Always make the Bud Light Tailgate Show part of your game day on the radio home of the Cleveland Browns. 92.3 The Fan, presented by Valley Automotive Group, the Buckeye Law Group, and Sal's Heating and Cooling, Plumbing, and Sewer. Get details, 92.3TheFan.com. A very special thanks today to Mary Kate Cabot. 
Very special thanks to Mike Tomczak. Very special thanks to Andrew Hody. Very well done today. Thank you, sir. And a wonderful thanks to Meredith Kane. Always a pleasure. You were outstanding today as well. I am simply Dan Menigan. As always, do something nice for someone who appreciates a good favor. And thank you for wasting your time with me. Earl the Pearl coming up next, 92.3 The Fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles. And Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone. Whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.